I'm Jim Minns and you're listening to Minimal. My guest this week is satirist with the ABC's 7.30, Mark Humphreys. Mark Humphreys, thank you so much for joining us today on Minimal. Jim Minns, what a thrill. Happy to join you. Oh, fantastic, mate. It's been many years since you and I have had the pleasure of having a conversation and I do uh, miss it. I miss you and it's lovely to engage with you again. And since that time, you've obviously you know, uh, gone on to bigger and better things, which we'll get into on our conversation. I just want to start off by congratulating on you in your pursuits and your successes there. Oh, oh well, that's lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jim. That's, that's, that's very nice of you to say. Absolutely. Because it was uh, very interesting to see your journey because I was, I felt like I was there from the begin for the beginning of it because... You were. Yeah. At the time, I was working uh, parallel to you in an office uh, on a project and above us was your project at the time, The Roast, uh, that you and a team of people, sorry, your project, a lovely team of creative people were working on. It was a very fast-paced environment, but you still had the time to sort of engage with us and see what we were doing. My first question to you is how and where did you get that gig? I mean, how did it all begin? I guess a better question is where did you begin performing? How did you know that you had this in you? Um, I, I think, I mean, I was, I was a very shy child, but I still somewhere inside felt like I, <laughs> I had something that was, you know, ready to, to burst out okay. of me. Yeah. And, um, I, I, <laughs> I I'm going to give a roundabout answer to that, but just, I, so I was a very shy, shy kid. And I remember in, when I was about year five, there was, um, a kid in my class it was just a rat bag and he was, he was loud and obnoxious and he kind of got his way because yeah, because he made it, you know, made it up. Mm. And I remember there was a sort of school volleyball game and he had uh, hit the, hit the ball out and the teacher had called it out and he went, Oh, that's, that's bullshit. It's in, it's in, it's in, that's not out of it. And I just felt this rage just, you know, bubbling up inside me because I could see the teacher was kind of going to go, oh, yeah, okay, well, let, let's play the point again. Or and I was there. I was like, no. And I, and I could see that an injustice was about to be mm. And it, the guy's name was Joel. I think he's okay with me. So I'm gonna, well, I'm not saying who he was, but his name was Joel. And I just felt this rage bubbling up and I just suddenly heard myself, the shy kid, suddenly go, oh, shut up, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this sort of shocking moment because I was this quiet kid. And I remember everyone afterwards coming up to me and going, wow, I didn't know you had it in you. And so even though that has nothing to do with performance, it has everything to do with the, the recognition of, oh, if I speak up, if I'm a bit louder... Wow! Can maybe go my way. <laughs> that was it. That's the moment. That's amazing. That's, oh my that's god! The that's the best so I, I, best answer I could Joel. imagine you would give. That is so cool. So yeah, so, so, I'm good friends with Joel now. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's found an equal. So you yeah. know, based on that, that's so funny that you can pinpoint that moment. So based on yeah. this newfound courage, uh, does it lead you to some sort of performing school, some sort of acting school? What happens? <laughs> It just meant that when it came to starting to do speeches and uh, things at, at school, I just had I, I tapped into some kind of confidence there. So that was that was sort of what unleashed it there. In high school, I did do drama, um, 
And the, the, the main sort of key thing there was in year 11 and 12, my best friend uh, Duncan and I, we hosted our school drama night. And so we did sketches and we were you know, MCs for the evening. And that is probably, that, that thing there is the closest, yeah, I can sort of draw a line between that and sort of, you know, the, the, the tours that I now go on with Charles mm. First and uh, James Schleifel from The Shovel and, and Jenny and Vic from The Feed, we, we, we sort of tour with an annual satirical show. So that, that was the most kind of performy kind of thing they did. And so I did drama for the HSC and, mm-hmm. you know, my, my, my individual and group performance were, were nominated for HSC on stage. Didn't make it on on stage. But were nominated. Oh. Uh, so, congratulations! <laughs> I, thank you, thank you. I just I don't bring it up often enough. No, I no. Credit, I think that couldn't deserves. find it in the research. But, um, <laughs> and so that was kind of that. But but then after I left after I left high school, I, I uh, although I really loved that world, I just I was also quite an academic kid, and I just couldn't justify to my parents. I, I couldn't work out a way to say to them, I think I want to go into something with entertainment. It mm. felt like it was throwing away, you know, the, the six years of Latin that I had done. And all yeah, that yeah. Sort of, I can understand that. All that sort of, sort of stuff. Not that I went into, you know, um, no, becoming no. A, a Latin professor. And so anyway, I, I put I put kind of performing on the, on the back burner and I went, I studied advertising because mm. I thought, well, at least it's sort of creative. That'll sure. be, that'll, that'll satisfy me, but that it didn't. Um, and, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Long story short, I ended up working in a warehouse with uh, an actor named Clark Richards, and he eventually was he knew uh, Charles Firth, I think, right. uh, and Nick Richardson, who was the showrunner of this new show called The Roast, and he basically Clark essentially plucked me from obscurity from wow. a warehouse and said, "I think you should um, speak to Charles and see if you can come in as an intern on this on this show that I'm doing." And that was and, Hungry uh, Beast, wasn't it, or was that the roast? Uh, oh, that, also, there was that too. I did, I did, I did a week of in, uh, interning on Hungry Beast. Um, that was part of it. Yeah. So in 2011, I, um, I did call up um, the production company and asked wow. if I could do that. Um, and um, I'm so glad that I did because I got to meet and work for a week with people who I ended up working with many, many times, people mm-hmm. like Mark Fennell, Dan Illich, uh, Veronica Milton. Um, and so, yeah, so that was my first taste of it just that week. And I sort of thought, oh, okay, uh, I, I like this sort of thing, and, but I'll still be working in the warehouse. And then a year later, Clark managed to get me onto the, the roast, which oh, was awesome. starting up at that point as yeah. a, a two-minute daily news show. That's amazing. So um – your history, though, you're not—you weren't a stranger to TV production. And I remember when we spoke once, you—you you told me, and I thought it was obscure at the time, but now it makes perfect sense. You had a, an affinity or a love affair with, um, uh, sort of the golden age of Australian, in particular, television. You've got a great memory. Um, yes, absolutely. That is absolutely true. Um, and where does so- that where does that stem from? That's a good question. Um, I mean, so I think my general interest in television on some level is related to my dad, who uh, was a, when I was a kid, he was a weather presenter on ABC News in Sydney. Um, And so he was on TV when I was growing up. So that world intrigued me because I think I went to a taping of Mr. Squiggle when I was little. Um, And I remember my dad promising when, I'm, when, when you're a bit older, I'll take you to a taping of Mother and Son. 
it didn't last long enough for, for, oh, for that, to that would have been amazing. But I, yeah, I'm still holding him to that. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so so that was my sort of general interest in, in, in TV. Well, I guess I, it's probably it's probably hard to define why I'm interested in Australian old Australian show business rather than I, I guess I was just curious to know what came beforehand. Mm. I, I think whenever you know they would always play these sorts of best of, like best of the Don Lane show, sure. the best of, but and you kind of go, oh, okay, so what's what does more of that look like? Um, and I actually, I did buy 34 full length episodes of the Don Lane show. Oh my God. Uh, that wow. were on DVD. And, and I watched all of them. Wow. And I, and I, and I can say this, you know, obviously I was not alive as they were going out. Mm. I don't think they aged particularly well. I right. accept that they, they were probably successful, they, you know, they, you know, they were the thing at the time, but it was, it was interesting to me to sort of go, Oh, yeah, if you cut together a best of of something, that really is the best of. That is, <laughs> you're not missing anything. You're not, yeah, you're not missing. A you don't need to watch 64 and, episodes of Don Lane to find the hidden gems that they missed. Yeah, and I, and I remember actually Peter Feynman, who was a director on the Don Lane show, and he directed um, uh, Crocodile Dundee, mm. came and spoke to us at the roast one day, wow. and he was talking about how with shows, you, you kind of the show is about you kind of just want to be operating at a general you know, quality level. And then the, the dream is to have those peaks, those moments that people are going to remember. And I say this now, I'm not, I'm not acting as if that's what I've then gone and done with my career, but it was a very interesting idea. Just mm-hmm. like with, with a show like the Don Lane show, you want to be operating at a certain level and then you want the moments where, oh, it's Bert dressed as, you know, one of the members of Kiss sure. or, it's, um, you know, Don walking through a series of, um, soldiers uh, with the rifles that he's trying to do it in time, all those sort of iconic moments. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. And, um, yeah, that kind of made, made, helped it kind of make a bit more sense. But, yeah, I've always, you know, I've been, when Bert Newton died, I was, you know, I, I, that style of old show business, um, the kind of tuxedo and it's a sort of thing that I'm also interested with, like in American comedy as well. Like I'm a huge Martin Short fan. Mm. And part of the reason for that is that he simultaneously, he kind of straddles, um, yeah, he, he, he simultaneously parodies show business and is show business. Sure. And that's always kind of, there's a very roundabout answer to that, but it's sort of my influences. No, I get that. But I, I really, I think it's interesting that, you're someone who got a break on television but didn't just take it for, for granted. It, it, you were like, no, there's a reverence here. There's a history that needs to be appreciated before I can even set foot on the stage. Am I right in that regard? You're, you're, very, you're very perceptive. That's, that's, that is exactly how I felt. And I, I mean, I, I, uh, I wish I, I would have been able to be a bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But at, at the time when the roast was on, I was very anxious because I knew the history of Australian television mm. and I knew how things don't last. And sure. so I was someone who was not able to really um, enjoy the show as much as I wish I had oh, okay. um, because I was always anxious about cancellation. Sure. <laughs> and I was like this. And I, kept, I remember just sort of saying to people like, guys, we really like, this is our shot, all right? Mm. We, if we don't get this right, we may not work in television again. Wow. And that was my big fear is that, like, if this doesn't work, 
you know, we're going to have to go and find other jobs. And I don't want to, I've done other jobs. I, I, mm. don't, want to go, I don't want to go back to the warehouse. Yeah. So I was sort of dri- driven by that. And I am you know, very, very fortunate that I've managed to keep going, you know, in, in, in the industry so far. But um, it was something, I think, yeah, that, that awareness of, of how many shows had, you know, were sort of short-lived mm. um, was, a, was a driver to kind of like, we've got to kind of make a mark yeah. as much as we can, you know, within the confines of a two-minute news show. And then ultimately it was, a, for the last two years, it was a, a 10-minute daily show. Absolutely. Was it on that show that you met your? Because uh, you know, it's it's for for people at home. It's uh, it's it's Mark Humphreys, but it's also you work very closely with your co-writing partner Evan Williams. Did you meet Evan? Yeah, right. Did you meet Evan on the roast? Exactly. Yes. So yeah, we so we met on that in, in 2012. So oh, it's been a, it's been a decade. Huh? Wow. Um, and uh, buy buys a cake. Um, <laughs> and uh, he. I get what you're saying. I'm aware that I'm aware there's not some incredible legacy, you know, it's like I'm talking about. And that's how we made. Well, you're very much, you're you're very much, but, but if essentially, you know, as an outsider, I can say that this was the foundation for a move over uh, to the feed because you brought Evan with you, right? Yes. Is that how it works? Or or you both got the gig? That's that's basically it. So I was approached, so when the roast ended, the, the Guardian actually said, oh, we'd like to buy, uh, we'd like to get, I think it was like six, can we get six segments of that headlines? They basically paid for us to do, to keep doing our headline yeah. segments, the yeah. six videos. And so we, we did that for The Guardian and then the feed got in touch. The feed, the feed on so SBS, that right? On, yeah. on, on, on SBS 2 at that point, now SBS 1. Wow, SBS 2, and, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, I don't know, yeah. I've gone from a, I went from ABC two to SBS two, so it was a, <laughs> going yeah. backwards. Uh, I'm going 
<laughs> yeah. And um, but you know you're grateful for, for every every opportunity. But they absolutely, um, but absolutely. Chris Lieben, who was sort of one of the masterminds, um, sort of Svengali behind the comedic persona of Lu Lin Chin, as she became oh. as she transitioned from newsreader to sort of comedy icon. Mm. Uh, Chris Lieben was leaving the feed. They needed someone to come in and do comedy segments. Um, and so Nick Hayden, who was producing the feed uh, at that point, approached me. And I did it for, I think maybe I did it for two weeks on my own. And I really didn't enjoy the, the solitude of it. Mm. I didn't enjoy I, I, I And I said, um, can I bring Evan in on this? And they did not have budget for Evan. And so for a year and a bit, Evan and I shared a salary. Wow. Um, because, but I felt, and Evan felt like it was an investment in ourselves. That's amazing, yeah. Like, yes, we will be eating bread and water for, for, sure. <laughs> for a year, or as long as it takes. But we're, we're, if we can get up a body of work in that time, then maybe that will create other opportunities. And so that was a bit of a gamble, but also... I, I, I knew that if I just did the sketches by myself, I would burn out quite quickly right. and sort of just and just not enjoy it. Um, so I'm yeah hugely indebted to Feed and to Evan for coming along and going along with that experiment. Um, and yeah, we've been you know we've we've we, you know we're still writing sketches yeah together now. So how did that transition from the Feed to the seven thirty? Uh, well, it's not the seven thirty report. Seven thirty. Happen. I mean, was this? They the should old- just go back to seven thirty report. Everyone feels more com- <sighs> comfortable saying the seven thirty report. I'm glad just- you said it. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I just, I just, it's the sort of thing where it's like, I'm, I call it seven thirty. I'm very happy to call it seven thirty, but I'm well aware that in the public yeah. mind, they're just not ready to let go. I think we're, uh, we're fifteen years into seven thirty as a moniker. I know. And we still it's can't get, get used to it. Yeah. It's just not working. Right. How did the transition um, work? I mean, like, was that John Clark and Brian Dawes spot, or or, so, or how did it transition in? Yeah. So, so basically, so just yeah. So, so showbiz context here. Yes. So Clark and Daw had done seven thirty up until about. I might be wrong on the year, but it might be about twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and. Uh, and for the last few years of their partnership, they were actually on at 6.55. So oh, okay. they were on 7.30 and they went to 6.55. So, um, so they basically what Sammy J's slot is now mm-hmm. is what Clark and Bill were doing uh, for the last yeah, – Prior to the years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So they had, the, they had been 7.30. I think prior to that, they'd been a kind of fair – um, yeah, because so I just remember was, I just I always associate them with seven thirty because as soon as they were done on that deadpan silence, you know, joke, it's cuts to Kerry O'Brien's face, you know, holding back a exactly. smirk exactly at every yeah. time. And now it's Lee Sales trying to hold back a smirk against you guys. Really, is it once a week that your segments air, or how often? What's the deadline that you're given to produce content? So we are on uh, because <laughs> they're running a very tight shift at the ABC. We are once a fortnight. Okay, so. Uh, if, if suddenly the ABC uh, finds itself uh, in a different funding situation, <laughs> then <laughs> we actually will be going to weekly sketches during the election. Okay, campaign. good. Uh, yeah, awesome. I think I can r- reveal that. Um, but, but to answer your previous question about how we ended up there, um, so Evan and I um, 
had been at the feed for about three years and started to feel that we were, uh, I don't keep using the word burnout, but it, 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 is, it, it, it is what it was. Sure. It, we were doing three, sometimes four sketches a week. Um, and uh, just there's only so many ways you can kind of reinvent the form of a, you know, two mm-hmm. or three minute sketch. And we just sort, sort of, Felt like oh I don't we don't kind of just couldn't see how we could kind of keep going, and um, so Evan but then, but then but as we were feeling that then uh, producer at seven thirty who had been a producer um, at the feed came to us and said look seven thirty is looking to bring back satirical um, segments wow. um, and they'd like you guys to do it would that be any interest to you and it was, and it was just like Oh my god! This is like yeah, there had not been anything to replace Clark and Dawes since they had um, since they had gone mm. a few years earlier. So it was just it just felt like well, it's a huge privilege, and it's like and it's like well, it's once a fortnight. I said, well, I think we can handle once a fortnight as opposed to four sketches a week. So opposed to eight sketches a week, one a four, eight, eight sketches a fortnight, one a four. I think we can do that. So that <laughs> so that seemed appealing. It's like okay, all right, we'll we'll, we'll do that, and. Then in the interim between, as that, just as we, so we, we, we decided we would leave the feed and then I was going to take a few months off to just be a dad. Sure. Um, and then we'd join 7.30 a, a few months later while Evan, and Evan went to New York. And then by some fluke uh, in this period, I suddenly become a game show host. And so oh, wow. Channel 10 casts me to host this quiz show, Pointless. And so uh, I basically, you know, ended at SBS on a Monday and started at Channel Ten on a Tuesday. And so, um, you know, my, my child was still raised. Don't don't worry. About okay, that. Oh yeah, so, that was my next but, question. Yeah. Yes, but, that, <laughs> but there's not not with as much hands-on time as I thought that I would be providing. That's uh, incredible. Yeah. So I mean, you know, um, to make that transition from. Um, uh, small budget, small scale, working your guts out, uh, producing as much content as you can. I mean, we, are you pinching yourself? Are you saying I am a student of this art, and here I am at its highest echelons? Oh, totally, many, many, you know, pinch me moments. Like the, I think one, like one that I sort of thought was amazing to me was just like I'm in the slot of The Simpsons. Like, I used to watch The Simpsons at 6 o'clock weeknights on Channel 10. Oh, my God. And now that, that's my job. That mm. I'm, in that, I'm in that spot. And, um, you know, the, the thrills of, um, you know, the, 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 just the size of a set and the lights and the mm. you know, silly little things like when they have to um, – oh, I mean, this was a really silly thing, but, but, this, was, but this was iconic for me. Uh, the day that, that I had to shoot the, you know how um, Channel 10 sort of indent, uh, ident sort of oh, yeah. network promo thing would be someone pressing the 10 logo in the center oh, of the screen. Right. They, they'd see the camera and they'd, they'd, they'd press the logo. Filming that, okay? So <laughs> how many, that how many me, takes? How many takes? I did, I did a lot of takes. <laughs> uh, even though I've been pre- preparing for it my whole life. <laughs> um, I, I did a lot of takes. So things like that. Going to the Logies, I, I, my dream was to go to the Logies. And I was so thrilled to get to go to that. And I thought I was at the, one that, at the last one that Bert presented oh, at. Oh, you were there? Um, wow. I was there. Um, and I got to meet Sean McAuliffe. 
wow. who ha- has been very, very generous to me. And yeah, all, all that sort of stuff was hugely thrilling. And yeah, it's being sort of a network personality in, in the sense of like, okay, well now, you know, you, you're going to go on Rogue's game show and you're going to go on Hughes, you have a problem and you'll do the project yeah. of the studio and all that, all that sort of it's stuff. N- it's not a stretch if your name shows up in one of those. It's not a, hang on, hang on, that yeah. guy hasn't paid Yeah, well, hang yet. on. <laughs> <laughs> We're not quite ready to um, accept him into the te- television <laughs> you know, fold yet. You've definitely, you've definitely earned your keep. So, I, yeah, the, the, I, the, the, it was not lost for me as, as a student of television. All of that was, was hugely thrilling to me. That's amazing. And I just wanted to bring you back to 7.30. I, I, I remember I remember watching you. I mean, I watch all your, your segments because obviously they do the rounds on the internet and they're just so funny. And I remember you on the roast. You were so hilarious. So it's I, I think it's thrilling to see that um, you've gone, you've branched out to a larger audience. Uh, I'm glad that the television gods accepted that and, and, and bestowed that on you and Evan. <laughs> But uh, I, I remember specifically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just me fanboying it. Fan, fanboying <laughs> no, off no, the But I remember I'll, you'll take it. <laughs> I remember specifically <laughs> they gave you an assignment, uh, and it was not a comedy sketch. It was an assignment to sit down with Steve Martin and Martin Short, oh, yeah. your comedic hero. What what goes through your mind the night before you're given that assignment? What are you thinking? Um, I mean. I gosh, it's a good, it's a, it's a good question. I, I I can't really, I cannot overstate my love for Martin Short. And and like I mean, people always say, but you also had Steve Martin there. I'm like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I huge Steve Martin fan. Like Bowfinger, I maintain is the greatest comedy film of all time. Right, and yeah. that was one of the the thrills was to get to say that to Steve Martin. Sure. Um, and uh, because it's not like it's re- it's revered in comedy circles but it's not tip of the tongue for the average viewer. Sure. And many, many people have not seen it, even though it's Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. It's, it's weird that that's not, like, I can't, directed by Frank Oz. Who, that's right, you know, the voice of Yoda, there. isn't it? The voice of Yoda, exactly. There you go. And a very, you know, accomplished director It's a fantastic well. movie. Oh, my God, yeah. It, it's a, it's regularly quoted in um, my family dinners. So, so, I mean, I guess the thing about Eddie Martin is just don't, don't embarrass yourself. Okay. Don't, make, don't leave a bad impression. I think it's kind of like there are certain people that I have admired, but I just don't want to meet. Like Larry David, I love. Mm. I don't think I'd want to meet Larry David. Sure. I feel like I would be too anxious about making an ass of myself in front of him. So I'm sort of happy to appreciate him from afar. Yes. And, and Martin Short, and Stanley Martin, the people who, you know, I'm a great believer. Sorry, I'm giving you a very roundabout answer, but That's all right. I'm a great believer. If when you get the opportunity to express gratitude mm. to someone, that you should take it, and that was something that I really it meant a lot to me to be able to communicate to Martin Short and Steve Martin. Just you know, the the and it's very so it's also it can be quite. I think it's not easy to receive that kind of. Admiration. You don't really know what to say, but it, 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 it's something that I, it was something I really wanted to communicate, and so I was just so grateful that I, I had the opportunity. But I, I guess you know, I think I wanted to ask questions that they hadn't been asked before. Mm-hmm. I think you know, the, the inverse of that is I think I asked questions that to the average audience member. You know, I think I was so focused on must ask things that haven't been asked before that I probably asked too many questions that. <laughs> We're so niche, and 
and it, to to someone who just kind of likes the three amigos, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, sure. Know, you know, I mean, like, I, I think I forgot that part of the assignment. Did, like, that, that's, oh, did you impress them? Did it work? Did they go, oh, this guy, oh, he's a super fan? My, my favourite moment was right at the very start when when Martin Short used to appear on Letterman, he would always come on to the same piece of music. Paul Schaefer and the band would play the same piece of music, which goes, and I had always wondered, oh, what is that piece of music? And... I found out in an article that it was a TV show that Martin Short and Paul Schaefer used to watch when they were children in Canada wow. called Hollywood and the Stars. Okay. And so what I did is I found on Spotify oh, a recording of Hollywood and the Stars. So when Martin Short entered the room for the interview, <laughs> da, na, 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 and and so that was... So that's not filmed. I wish that had been filmed, but it is something which, and he then did, because he would always do this thing. He would then do a sort of pose. He put his hands on his hips and he sort of soaked in the admiration of the audience and then say, thanks for remembering. Um, and so he did that little pose for oh me. And I think that to see Steve Martin go, what is that piece of music? And then see, and then get to see Martin Short tell, because they would have had a million conversations together. And it was kind of exciting for me watch Martin Short explaining something wow. about his own life to Steve Martin. So, and you instigated I mean, and like it. I say, yeah. yeah. But like I say, very neat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, well, I, I, I just want to uh, relay my appreciation for your work. It's a thrill to talk to you. I mean, I know we've uh, we, we're mates from way back, but I, it's been a it's been it's been a, a while between convos. So it's great to have the chat to you again. It's great to see you doing well so successfully, and uh, I can't wait to see what you come up with next, Mark Humphreys. Thanks a lot. You are a very generous man, Jim. Thank you very much for uh, for having me. It's really been great to uh, talk to you. Again.